0: Literature, film, groups, we like to have our mottos that sum things up nicely and in a memorable way. Those in this church who joined the Marines will always remember Semper Fi, always faithful. Those of you who have a reformed tradition in your theology will remember Sola. Scriptura, scripture alone. And those of you with a bit of a French background, and maybe there are a few here, Liberté, Egalité, Fraternité. In other words, liberty, equality and fraternity. They seek to sum up something that a group wants to tell other people about in literature i'm going to think of another one and it's by alexandre dumas you know the story even if you haven't read the book the three musketeers all for one and one for all all for one and one for all dumas was the favorite author of my grandfather and i still have his set of duma in my collection and i believe that this this wonderful all for one and one for all could serve today as a sort of motto for what i've got to say and a motto that sums up ephesians chapter 4 now i am told that a certain person in the picture that i that i chose here looks like someone in the church Now, I'm just going to let you look at that for a second, and then tell me on the way out, who do you think looks like a person? It was Jim who pointed it out to me, so if that person's offended, please see Jim about that, and that's totally okay. I will not make it public, but uh, if you want to play the game, as it were, then tell me afterwards, let's see if you and Jim are in agreement as regards one of those Our theme this morning is unity in Christ, all for one and one for all. And the first thing I want to say this morning is this, as we look at this chapter, Ephesians chapter 4, it's worth having it out in front of you. In Ephesians chapter 4, one of the things it says is we've got this unity, we've got it. In other words, this is not something you haven't got. If you are a Christian, you've already got this unity. Verse 4. There is one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father. One translation here uses the word same. In other words... We are part of the same body. We have the same Holy Spirit, the same hope of eternal life. We have the same Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the same faith. We have the same baptism. In other words, if you're a Christian, we do have things in common. We are one, whether you like it or not. We are one. Second point I want to make very quickly is this. We also need to make every effort to keep that unity. we got it, but, you know, because of who we are, we need to work hard at keeping it. Different translations translate it like this. King James, endeavour to keep, giving diligence to keep, earnestly striving to maintain, continuing with eager earnestness, to maintain we need to work hard at keeping the unity we've already got that's the point that paul is trying to make in the first part of this chapter and the question arises well why do we need to work so hard to keep the unity why and that's what we're going to look at this morning we need to work hard at keeping the unity although we've got the unity because of certain things in our own lives and in our own communities first thing is that and we're going to look at threats to that unity that we have and here's the first one the fact of our flawed humanity this morning sorry about this (laughs) You are flawed. oh dear dear. you are flawed. You're not flawed, but you're flawed. OK? Each and every one of you. If you're listening online this morning and you've just tuned in, and you might be very liberal in your views of humanity, and you might think that everyone is wonderful and great, well, that's not the case. You know that deep down inside. You know that, you know that because very simply, you know that when people disagree with you, you give them all sorts of names and you call them all sorts of things. You call them flawed. We are a flawed people. And Paul emphasizes here, especially in verse two, the opposite of what we should do. Listen to what he says. You need to be completely humble, gentle, patient bearing with one another in love do you know that sounds like me that just sounds like me you know and of course you're all laughing of course you're laughing <laughs> I thought some of you said oh yes pastor oh that's so true that's so true of you but you know my wife isn't laughing at the moment well no my wife is laughing she's saying oh goodness yeah The reality is that we aren't completely humble, gentle, patient all the time. We can be, we need to aim at it, but we're not. Sometimes we're proud, we're insensitive, we're impatient. Oh, I hate people who are impatient. They need to get patient right now, right now. And people who are intolerant, we should chuck them out of the church. Intolerant people. And we get angry. That's life. It's part of life. So the fact of our flawedness freely says we need to be careful in order to keep this unity. We're all flawed. In the church we're flawed. Families are flawed. We're flawed in lots of different ways. We're just different sometimes. Yeah, I can remember the first time myself and Gwen went shopping together. Oh, it was so romantic. It was, I think it was just before we got married or just after we got married. I think it was just after. Oh, this was going to be wonderful. Here with my new bride going through a stop and shop or whatever it was. Oh, romance. It was marvelous. No, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. She saw an aspect of me and I saw an aspect of her. I wanted to buy cheap. Gwen wanted to buy healthy. I wanted low fat, I wasn't too bad. Gwen wanted no fat, no fat. I would just buy for the week, Gwen would want to buy for the year, just in case. And I would ask the question, why are you buying broccoli? We never eat the broccoli and we would argue about that. And she would argue how good broccoli is. And I would say, yeah, it's really good as long as you eat it and don't keep it in the fridge. And we would talk about this. And then we came to a wonderful, a wonderful conclusion. We've never shopped together afterwards. It's wonderful. We keep the unity of our family. She writes down what she needs and I do the shopping. No problem at all. No problem. That's a small thing. I understand. But you know you've got to keep the unity. We've got to tolerate one another because we're different to one another. That's why it says be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. We need to forbear with one another. We don't naturally all get on perfectly with one another. We don't. That's life. Get used to it and learn to tolerate it really is important now i am convinced that many christians are very very tolerant i have got to say that i'm going to say that i have going to be positive here but generally speaking they're very tolerant of themselves and not of other people we can be incredibly tolerant of our own faults but not tolerant of other people's faults and i think some people love to just fault spot spot the fault as it were we are called to humility and tolerance learning to bear with one another keeping the unity we have first thing secondly unity can also be threatened by diversity Now, the word diversity is a holy word today. You mentioned the word diversity and everyone goes, oh, we're all diverse, we're diverse, we're diverse. I believe in diversity. Shall I tell you why I believe in diversity? Because we are diverse. That's why. That's life. That's life. We are diverse, each and every one of us. But, you know, diversity in and of itself can be hard because we're different. Diversity has its challenges. And it has his challenges in churches. Now, in the context of Ephesians 4, uh, Paul quotes Psalm 68 and verse 18 when he says, When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. He's using that, that uh, psalm to illustrate that we all have different gifts. All of us, we're different. Each and every one of us are given certain gifts to use. And christ i'm not going into the whole detail here at the moment christ in victory wins the victory and gives gifts to us and in this context he notes a few of the gifts there's lots of lists of gifts in the bible apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers and if you go to Thessalonians, if you go to one corinthians romans 12 you also have different lists of people in other words all of us are given different gifts Hallelujah that we got different gifts and we haven't got the same one. If we all had the same gift, we'd be in one long line, all trying to perform our gift and getting on one another's nerves. Rather, it's good that we all have different gifts, yet they can bump against one another. And we need to learn from life that this is important. The armed forces, for instance, don't have just the navy don't have just the air force or the army they have they have one another all of them are important in an office in a workplace you get bosses and you get workers and sometimes there are all sorts of things going on and tensions going on but we're all different we're all given different things to do and in church i am so happy that we're all gifted in different ways Some of you here are gifted administratively. You're great on your computers and doing this and doing that. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not going to go into great detail trying to be an administrator in a big way. It's not my major gift. Some of you are far better than I am. Amen. (laughs) That's good, that's good. Some of you are musical, much more than I am. Hallelujah, good. Use your gift. All of us have different gifts that we are called to use. And that brings together that unity. And when we have an unity of purpose, when we work together using those gifts, then we can get somewhere. I am so excited about what we're going to be doing, for instance, in September with these small life groups coming together. We are coming together to be one, not in exactly the same place but we're going to work together to build up the church to build up all of us are different and we're going to try to get everyone involved with that one goal of building up the church and giving glory to Jesus Christ we all need one another as you know I'm not a sports person at all but I had to play rugby when I was in school. You didn't have a choice. You just had to play rugby. So I learned a few things. And in rugby, I learned this. I learned that the winger, the guy who was on the wing, okay, generally had to be fast. He'd pass the ball and, the back and he would run. So he would be a much thinner sort of guy. He was the runner. He was the runner. And then there was another one they called the prop. And there were at least two props in each team, and they were like this guy, okay? These were big guys. They went down in the scrum, down in the scrum like that. Now, the prop wasn't the best guy to catch the ball on the wing. He wasn't as quick, but the winger wasn't as good in the scrum. Both are needed. It's not one at the expense of the other. Both are needed. And all of us are needed in the Church of God. We need, as in military, as in military strategy, a combined attack of infantry and artillery. All things working together. They are different. I re-watched. This is my film recommendation uh, for the week, by the way. I rewatched the movie Dunkirk. How many of you have seen the new movie Dunkirk? A few of you. Okay, just a few of you. Interesting. Now, here's something you could do and have some fun. This is all about film, all right? You can watch the first movie, which was made in 1952, in black and white. It is magnificent. And you can watch the new movie, which was made in 2018. I think it was 2018. And there what you have is the army working together, the navy saving the infantry. The infantry were stuck in France. They were going to be surrounded. They needed to get back to Britain. And the navy came to their rescue. It's a great great stories worth watching the movie they call it the miracle at dunkirk and christians were praying at that time as well and i believe god was involved in that but they worked together it wasn't one at the expense of the other they worked together and in this church we're different but we can work together together what counts is the cause verse 16 each part Does its work? Another thing that can really smash us up as a church is false teaching, unorthodox teaching, unbalanced teaching. One person defined heresy as heresy is often an overemphasis on truth. And in verse 14, we get this uh, noted, every wind of teaching... One thing that can smash a church and smash a community is wrong teaching. People get excited about new things. Something comes along. We all, and that's good. Well, you know, something new comes up. Oh, this is going to be wonderful. This is going to be the great answer to everything. Maybe it's the latest book or teacher you've heard on TV. A new teacher on TV who's just promised you the world. You know, he's—he he's, maybe he said something like this to you. He said, "You know, all you need to do is believe. It's all you need to do is believe. And as you believe, make sure you send me your tithe. And as you send me your seed, your seed tithe, you are going to just make more and more money, and you are going to be wonderful. And he'll do it all in the name of Christianity, all in the name of Christianity." That's what you call false teaching, false teaching. And it can creep into the church as well. I remember my old church. I was speaking to this person. She wasn't in the church at the time. And I said, how are you? We just bumped into her in the town I said, how are things? How's your church? And she said, oh, she said, I'm uh, I'm not going at the moment. I said, and, and she was really zealous. I thought, what? You're not going to church. What do you mean? And she said, oh, well, well, uh, it's hard, she said. I said, what's wrong? Well, she said, they prayed for me in church. They prayed for me that my eyes would get better and I wouldn't need to wear glasses. They prayed for me. I said, that's okay, it's great. Yes, she said, but my eyes haven't got better. So I can't come to church because they're all expecting me, all right, to take off my glasses and, everything's going to be okay. and she said I can't go to church I'm too embarrassed to go to church horrendous teaching I want to tell you this very very clear I believe God heals that's why we have a prayer chain God heals God can intervene absolutely but he doesn't heal every time sorry that's the fact of it I know because I prayed for too many people that's not the case and that's heresy when people go go there it's sad it's so sad when these things happen and that's why that's why as a church we don't just pray that this the vaccine that's not the vaccine i'm sorry we don't just pray against covid we don't just say oh covid keep away keep away keep away yeah yeah we could do that that's good that's good but we take precautions as well We take precautions. It's no good just praying. We take precautions of those who aren't vaccinated wear the masks in the church. And that's good. That's good. That's excellent. Excellent. I don't know what's going to be happening in the next few months. I really don't know. Very sad what's happening in the States. But we must make every effort. Every effort. You see, it's easy to get extreme And we need time and time again to get that balance. And verse 15, it's speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. We are called to be one people. We're different. Different accents. I love the different accents in this church. I love all the different accents. All of them. Every one of them. The different shades that we have on our skin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful? Wonderful. It's not boring. It's wonderful. Wonderful. All these things. We're all different. But we're called together to be the community of Christ. And we can stay together and work together. We can be a community who says we have the same God, the same Lord, same Baptism in the next few weeks we're going to have a few of those same baptisms as well